We just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth. And today's discussion is about Open Microphone, one of our uh, events we like to do. But it's going to be a little bit different because the main person is a new Open Mic leader in town, Lexi. And it wasn't me this time. Wow. I know, right? This is a new new territory. You know, and who better else for it to be than Miss Marina? Thank you, Marina, for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> I don't know why I called <laughs> you, you Miss Marina. <laughs> Ms. Marina. <laughs> um, but Marina, um, you've done open mic before, right? Yes, I did it at University of Cincinnati with Seth. Okay. The time that we had people playing f- flatulent sounds behind our mm, heads. How how wonderful. Yes. So you just really... She, she picks the hooked. really good events. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. She really <laughs> fell in love with open mic and um, would love to take your place. I'm sure every other open mic um, there ever is that is Is that an agreement cool. right now? Oh, Should yes. Make it official? All right, cool. There you go. Cool. You heard it here first, y'all. Yep. Um, but Marina, she is our administrative assistant, so very fancy. She... Um, helps with all of the, I don't know, what do you, Marina, you, you do something you do, here, right? Yes, I do do something Help in the with office. giving and things like that. And she's yes. very smart and she understands, um, how to use Excel sheets. Yes, so, thanks to my supervisor though. I didn't know that before I started here. Well, she's a good learner, nice. so we can all recognize that in Marina today. Um, but yeah, so y'all were at the University of Toledo Correct. and, um, we've been there you know, probably like almost every year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe some of these people that were there knew us or like hot, were familiar with who we were probably, right? Would you say, Seth? I think that's, yeah, accurate to say. Okay, okay. So compared to the University of Cincinnati, was this any different of an experience, Marina, doing open mic? Yeah, University, in C- C- University of Cincinnati <laughs> was more, was a little crazier. There's a larger group of people mm-hmm. and they were all standing very, very close to us. It got very warm. But then University of Toledo, they were further away from us for most of it. So it was a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, I think just so I was with Marina that day uh, at well, both days, University mm-hmm. of Toledo last week. What seemed to me the big difference was when we arrived, there were very few people on campus. But within a few minutes, we talked to a few people and this a uh, few of them were pro-abortion, ran inside to get their friends. It came out with this big throng of 20, 25, 30, I don't know how many people who became the open microphone crowd. So it wasn't like at UC you had all these general average students already walking by, seeing outreach, who kind of just came to see open microphone. This was different because it wasn't an average swath of the or average uh, cross-section of the population there. Mm-hmm. It was mostly pro-abortion people who came and surrounded us really quickly. Interesting. And so they kind of stayed for the entire event. They did. Yeah. They kept saying, I'm missing class for this. I'm skipping class. Like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you are dedicated. I don't know if... Uh... I mean, this is real education, right? They were really true. hearing something they're not going to hear in the echo chambers of their classrooms. That is very But this true. was unique for Marina, I think, because, again, so normally people who have not seen our open microphone before, it's traditionally been someone and I are doing it together, and uh-huh. someone's in the crowd taking questions, and I'm in the middle to answering them with a microphone. But this crowd did not want to talk to a man, which is not that uncommon. They wanted to talk to a woman. And interestingly, they assume I'm a man, even though we're not really supposed to do that today. Mm-hmm. But they did. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. So I quickly gave Marina the um, the main role. And I was in the crowd taking questions. And she was just kind of in the front of the crowd answering all the questions. So I guess, Marina, we didn't really debrief afterward. You and I, so I'm curious, what did that feel like when I just said, you know, go? Um, I was not expecting that because University of Cincinnati, since I was my first one, I didn't talk very much. Every time Seth looked at me to answer a question, I said, 
I shook my head and I was like, no, no, thank you. But this time I was kind of forced to <laughs> answer all the questions, but I really did enjoy it. Like I, it was almost easier than one-on-one conversations, at least to me, because I enjoy public speaking. So it was just, it was just kind of like a Q&A after an apologetics training, to be honest. Like it was a little bit more aggressive than that, I was obviously. Say. <laughs> a little more. Like, yeah. I, I enjoy Q&A type situations, so I really did like it, but it was definitely kind of nerve wracking being kind of in the center by myself with Seth in the crowd. I was like, oh, here I am. Totally. Of what were the, like some of the questions they were asking you and the things that they were saying? Yeah, so there was a lot of the basic ones like, what about rape and what about the health of the mother? Um, what about kids in hard situations? And one guy started his question um, with just saying, do you believe in women's rights as a woman? And I was like, yes, of course I do. But it was just those kind of questions, like okay. the typical I did get one interesting one. Someone came to me and said, I have just one question for you. Where were you on January 6th of last year? The day of, you know, uh-huh. the whole thing went down in D.C. I said, I was in Columbus, Ohio. Like, it was an easy answer. And they just, okay, forget it. And walked away. What? That was not what they wanted to hear. Right. So, they were, they, so their goal, I think, was with a lot of their questions were to try to discount what we were doing that day right so uh-huh. pinpointing things about marina or about me i'm a man they thought that i was just this hardcore far right person when that day our discussion was about abortion not about partisan politics mm-hmm. they wanted to discount us in any way they could however the problem with that is no matter how loud they scream and how many crazy things they say they cannot discount the visual reality of what abortion is seen on our signs that's why they reacted the way they did and so I think that Marina may be great. We could give everyone who's listening a kind of a flavor of the event that day by playing some audio, which I believe you brought with you, of yes. your kind of experience, what you were hearing. But can you, before you play, can you kind of set the stage of what was happening as this um, audio clip was being recorded? Yeah, so we had kind of just finished answering a question, and Seth was, um, you were trying to find somebody else to answer a question. Yeah. And Ask then- a question, yeah. Yeah, somebody else to a- ask a question, and somebody walked up with a sign in the crowd kind of lost their minds but I guess you'll see in the clip who that person was and why they were so excited to see them yeah Okay, so Lex, you couldn't see what she, because you were from watching Marina's perspective for GoPro. Here's the uh-huh. picture I took, and we could put this in our story oh for people to goodness. see it. So the student walks up. We have this crowd. You heard the music playing. So Marina, what, what instruments did they have there that day? Um, they had an electric guitar connected to a speaker. They had a saxophone player, and then somebody came later with a flute or a clarinet, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. And what I love was later on, there was one point when I was in the crowd taking questions and the guitar player kept playing and they were mm-hmm. started shushing him because even these hardcore pro abortion people wanted to hear what was going on. So I thought it was kind of fun seeing the distance between them. Even they got kind of embarrassed about what was going on and the craziness. So anyhow, the student walks up with a sign, um, walks by Marina, and I will put, put this in our stories, but just says, I'm with stupid, pointing at Marina. And I thought, well, that's kind of silly. But then she said, you can hear me at the end of the clip saying, your student body president, everyone. She told us all she was the University of Toledo student body president. And that just to me, was, I was like, what were you thinking, Marina? I was, I was just struck. Maybe you couldn't see the sign. You didn't know what she yeah. was saying. But I thought, this is the president? Like, this says a lot, I think. 
Yeah, and especially just like, I mean, I guess she's not trying to be professional in any sense of the word, but it's like right. um, embarrassing, girl. Stop doing that. It's so embarrassing. You're embarrassing yourself. But I, I guess I don't see it as that. But she and the did students get a lot of claps. Right, that's embarrassing too, right? Yeah. I always think that, like, I, I know that people will do outrageous things but the reaction of the masses is what strikes me again remember mm-hmm. these were 25 30 hardcore dedicated pro-abortion people it was mm-hmm. not the average university of toledo student who marina i heard later on that everyone around us they were having good conversations with those average ut students so we don't want to generalize here but mm-hmm. the fact that the crowd there they were celebrating this just i think it says something about the pro-abortion side marina what was your take looking at this and how they responded to that student yeah i mean it was I think it was typical and I understood why they were doing it because I think when students reach college, there's this desire to find out where you fit in in the world and being in school and trying to figure out what your life looks like. Once you find that group of people that agrees with you or you agree with them, it's so hard to pull people out of that, which is why our team outside of the open mic were able to have such good conversations because they weren't in the middle of this crowd all believing the same thing. And so that's why open mic can be so difficult sometimes is because it's a group think situation. And it's so hard for people to be willing to be individuals with their own thoughts and their own ideas. That's such a good point. So let's pause it for a moment because I think a couple of things to hit on there. Number one, you're exactly right. So when I was in the crowd taking questions, there were people asking questions. I can't think of an example right now, but if you saw it written on paper, I think most pro-abortion people I know would still say, would say that's not a good argument. But when it's heard in that crowd, that setting, they're snapping their fingers. They're pointing at that person like, oh, this person really knows what's going on, right? They got the good answer. <laughs> and there's just this energy going on that's animating them that yeah. that night on their own, they're probably not going to say, yeah, that was a really well-reasoned argument, I don't think, yeah. right? But there's that group think. And I think that's really important to point to. But also there were people like Will, a guy that you and I talked to many times in that crowd who when I told him like, you know, you're with the crowd now, but you don't have to always be. You can change your mind tomorrow. You can stand out and be different. He was all of a sudden immediately saying i'm not like them don't conclude me with them i'm different i'm i'm thinking of my own but in mm. that moment he wasn't but he he saw the problem and so i think that that's an important point to to underscore the fact that so many people get swept up in the group think mm-hmm. even we can be at risk of that right mm-hmm. group think we don't want to because that's mm-hmm. dangerous yeah and i think especially when everybody is like having fun cheering and stuff like even if uh we i heard a little bit before the clip that was just played and they're just like cheering like nonstop. i don't know i mean obviously y'all were there they were yep. just like would they just cheer after every single person yeah every understand. time somebody asked a question they decided to cheer for that person yeah. like they made a profound point but usually it wasn't really a point that they made but like one person would start clapping or cheering and the whole group the noise erupted again. And it makes it very cheap, right? Like when you're getting like cheered on for something that is really not worthy of that, it's not like a good feeling. Or maybe I guess maybe they think it is like so fun and stuff. And it's like, wow, I'm really making a difference in the world. I don't know. I don't know the mentality behind that, but that would be really interesting to be able to go back to these people. Um, like maybe a few days later after we left campus and ask them like, um, if they thought that their protest against us was successful and everything like that. Because I just wonder how these people actually leave from the event, what they actually think on their own. I mm-hmm. think they'll probably talk to their friends and everybody who are there like, oh, remember that one time when we said out uh, protest the anti-abortion people like we were. Da, da, da. I could see that. But in your mind, just from looking at the clips and just from y'all talking to them. Uh, I don't know if they can really say that they did anything productive by being there. Um, I don't know. What were some of those signs that they had out? Well, just one one point on that. They did something productive, but it was for us. 
They brought True. bystanders. And that, I think, is one important thing. Like, I think, listening to this, you might think, okay, what is the value of open microphone? When Seth and Marina are me- mostly being yelled at, although there were, as I said, there was a turning point where they started shushing the guitarist and trying to listen more. Also, a moment where they actually got up from, they were sitting uh, maybe 15, 20 feet away from us. Mm-hmm. They got up, walked on the approach us so they could hear us better, came closer to us. So there was there was clearly a kind of a, a movement of interest, even among these hardcore people. But still, you might think, what's being achieved? Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting afterward. Marina, I was talking to our staff driving back and hearing how they had a lot of conversations with open-minded people who were changing their minds and so the hardcore people kind of came to us pro-abortion people the open-minded people had conversations on the outside with our team and that's really cool so we were serving an important role i think of not only attracting the hardcore people but giving also a an Ill- visible illustration of both sides. Like you saw mm-hmm. the one loving, kind, reasonable side, the really hardcore mean side. That I think is very powerful as an illustration to students walking by. Marina, what are your thoughts on that? Like yeah. the, the the power, the importance of open microphone. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right with just showing the two sides. And I think we mentioned that to the crowd several times during the open microphone. We're like, do you do you see what you're doing? Like we're here answering questions. We're here being kind, and we're trying to listen to you and answer what you want us to answer, but then you're turning around and just yelling at us, and that says a lot about them as people and as a group, and I think that can be really powerful to show that pro-lifers aren't hateful people either because I think we get accused of that a lot, Mm -hmm. but if you look at an open microphone that we do, we never have, you'll never see Seth and I yelling Mm -hmm. at someone. Right. Yeah, and y'all kind of going back, or I guess bringing this up, but even though they're really, really stuck in their ways and they're kind of surrounded by people who think the the same way. I mean, not even only at this protest, but throughout their time at college, they're surrounded by people who are supporting abortion. How do you reach them with, uh, because I think a lot of it is probably emotional based, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you reach their hearts? How do you get to them without just, you know, giving them Right. Like you were talking about their questions are pretty simple. We answer them all the time. Um, But how do you reach them as a person? What do you do to kind of connect with them? Well, to answer that question, as Marina is formulating her thoughts on that, um, I think what you just asked before that, Lexi, about what their signs were saying are showing, I think, maybe the wrong way to respond. We could see some of their silly signs. If you just focus on the sign and the words itself, they're so inane and not well thought through. If you respond on that level, it becomes like slogans back and forth. And that's not helpful. Right. So I think Marina did a great job of reaching them, but answering that question you asked earlier about their signs, they were kind of silly ones like abortion is slay, which I don't think anyone says slay no, anymore. No, nobody so does. So um, there was that. There was um, uh, my body's not a political playground, okay. um, things like that. Like nothing really new. In fact, there were two signs there that looked exactly like signs they had two or three years ago when I did an open microphone there. I don't know if they keep the signs on hand at some professor's office or they, the same drawing was on the, on the sign. Really? So these are not changing. These are not um, new slogans. So Marina, knowing that, that you have these old slogans, tired uh, people just making silly comments, as Lex is asking, how did you or what do you do to try to break through and connect with people who everyone would say we have no connection to? How do you, how do you try to build a bridge? Yeah, I think um, we do this in individual conversations and an open microphone, but finding that common ground and finding those situations that we can relate to. I mean, for me, I can relate to when people bring up kids that are adopted. Um, Since my brother and I are both adopted from Russia, I was four. um, And then saying, well, isn't it better for us to abort babies before they're put up for adoption so they don't have to go through that? And so I kind of had the chance to go into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think... 
I, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I continue to be struck by the anti-adoption bias, the notion that um, kids who have been adopted just are never well-adjusted, as if kids who are biologic with their biological parents are always well-adjusted, right? It's just this idea. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's really strange, but there's this anti-adoption bias. And so that came out that day. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at you thinking, will she tell her story? I hope she will, because this, we know that whether or not you have an adoption story is relevant to whether abortion's right or wrong, right? Mm-hmm. We know abortion's wrong because it, it t- intentionally kills innocent humans. That's wrong, and th- therefore abortion's wrong. I'm sorry. It's, it's wrong to intentionally kill innocent humans. Abortion does that. Therefore, abortion is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's a syllogism. Esther's getting mad at me for getting my logic wrong, right? All right, so there <laughs> wow. we go. Um, so that's why it's wrong. That says nothing about Marina, Seth, Lexi, or Esther, right? It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Our, our stories are irrelevant, but our yeah. stories play an important role. When you have this angry crowd, you're trying to reach them. It does a lot of things, but you did there, I think. Um, it built that bridge because there were people there who had stories of trauma, right? And we don't want to minimize that and just say, get over it. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't care about our thoughts till they see that we do feel somewhat. We're not just thinking brains. We have feelings, emotions, stories. And so I think that is powerful built for building a bridge that we don't make our case against abortion on that, but it's powerful for that bridge. And Lexi, have you found that too? For sure. And I think that it also... Um kind of lets down people's guards a little bit whenever you um, are more like open with them they can be more open with you and they start to see you as a person and not just somebody giving them arguments um, which is not all the time helpful although our arguments are sound right and they are correct sometimes we can't just focus on that because if we if if we I want to say tackle the heart Um, Maybe maybe that's fine to say that, like tackle the heart problem with it and try to reach their hearts. Then we can move on um, and hopefully allow them to see like logically why why abortion Mm. is wrong. But if they have this wall built for themselves, then they're never going to hear you. Um, And so like Marina, that's a great thing to be able to share your story with people um, so that they can feel a connection with you. And also it's great. Marina's story is awesome because the amount of people who just don't see the value or they think they don't see value in people who are adopted or something like that, it's ridiculous. But when you have Marina up there, even though they weren't really um, being kind to Marina, they were calling her stupid. (laughs) So, but then they may, hopefully they should feel terrible about that. They should feel terrible about what they've done. Um, And I think at some level they they do um, and they feel ridiculous for saying something like that. Um, But yeah, I think... uh, Everybody can relate in some way to tragedy or um, pain or difficulties. And so, uh, and and that's why a lot of people support abortion is because of those things. So when you can reach them with stories of your own past troubles or others, people can start to see other people as human beings. Um, And whenever we do that, um, we grant them or we recognize their value along with that. That's a really good point. I think that this was illustrated by, oh, sorry, my microphone almost just fell off the table. Sorry <laughs> about that. We're dropping things. Um, so, well, actually, I'm the only one doing it. So anyhow, that's just getting mad at me. Sorry for everyone. This is a really boring stretch right here. My mistake of almost dropping the microphone. Anyhow, what you just said, Lexi, was illustrated so. by um, when the crowd approached us. Marina and I both noticed they became kinder to us when they were farther away from us almost like watching a stage it was easier for them to make us two-dimensional human beings they did not care for and they could be very angry toward when they came a few feet closer to us 
it was like something changed where they would realize that's a person I'm talking to. Mm. And they were not as mean. I was kind of really struck by this. And I think the same is true with stories. Like you just said, when you share a story with them, particularly of your past, they realize, oh, I'm talking to a person here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should care about this person. And it's just like, again, we're the, we're the meanest people on Twitter or on Facebook when we're hiding from uh, behind a screen, right? Yeah. When you're face-to-face with someone, it's different. You act differently. And so I think that is important. These stories, they... Per, the per, they humanize us to other mm-hmm. people and that is very powerful and helpful and it's not merely a tactic or strategy we're not just trying to do a gotcha just trick them into being yeah. pro-life we're trying to really relate with people that's our whole mission here we're trying to really relate with people to try to change what they think and feel about reality including abortion mm-hmm. marina um your experience when you were sharing your story that there were other times you shared your stories um we don't always see it as immediately effective but um, what are your thoughts, though, on the long-term effects of this? Do you think it is a valuable strategy when you do share your story in this way with people? Yeah, um, I think it is helpful in some conversations because sometimes it can calm people down because they, like you said, it they see me as a person again for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and they realize that I do know what I'm talking about, too. So we're not really talking in hypotheticals when I share my story mm-hmm. about being adopted. It's like, actually, no, I do understand this. Um And just to summarize, uh, my birth parents were not taking care of my younger brother and I. And so we got taken away from them because they just weren't fit parents. Um, And then less than a year later, I I think it was, my brother and I were adopted together. So we got to stay together with our parents now. But it's, at least for my story, it's good to connect with people on that because a lot of kids who are adopted go through traumatic situations because we know that adoption is a solution to a another problem we know that adoption is still hard it's not just this easy thing that happens we know that adoption happens because biological parents fail at their responsibility as parents and so there are a lot of kids who have gone through hard adoption stories now I was blessed to be adopted into an amazing family with amazing parents who um, love me and have raised me and my brother so well but I know that other people haven't gone through that but I want them to know that I can connect with them because I know that it's hard because I did lose my biological parents and that's not something that kids should have to do. Um, And so, and that can even go back into abortion because we know that adoption happens because parents fail at their responsibility to their parents. But we also know that moms who are pregnant have a responsibility to that child. And so abortion is also a failure of responsibility to those children. So both are hurtful to kids and hurtful to parents. So I think it can be really helpful to, one, connect with the person, but also bring it back around to the main topic of conversation because sometimes people bring that up to go on a rabbit trail, but it, you can use it to bring it back to the topic of conversation. Yeah, that's well said, Marina, and I think that's important. We maybe didn't qualify or characterize exactly why this was coming up in our conversations mm-hmm. that day. They were saying kids who are adopted are not well-adjusted or also kids who are going to be born with parents who cannot take care of them. It's better to be aborted. Marina was born into a situation where literally there was trauma, right? Mm-hmm. And so what is right or wrong for Marina in that circumstance for someone to come execute her or to find her a safe home? Clearly the better option, the only moral option in that category is finding a safe home for her, not killing this young child in Russia who was be, who was going through trauma. Mm-hmm. I think what you said, Marina, is also important to recognize that um, maybe the movement sometimes we might be tempted to make adoption almost seem like this quick, easy thing, right? Mm-hmm. We have to recognize even in a good circumstance where a mom is not able to remain the mother and makes a decision to help her child get a better home, there's still going to be pain there. The baby is removed from her biological mother and father, which is where she was designed to be. So even if that's the better choice for that situation, it's not easy or simple or without pain. 
And I think we have to acknowledge that because to not acknowledge that is to be um, d- dishonest, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and heartless too for those kids who have been adopted who had a harder time adjusting to things like that. So, yeah. So, we, I mean, heartily, we think adoption is beautiful. Adoption is very important. It is a solution to a problem. It is for children who need families. We recognize that. And I think all three of us would recommend to anyone who's interested in this topic the work of Katie Faust and them before us. It's a great resource for that. But I think that's an important point to take as we close on this that, that what we're looking at here is hard realities. What is the reality of adoption? Um, not simple, but also the better choice, better than killing, clearly. And so, this whole goal that day, open microphone, Whenever we're having one-on-one dialogue, our goal is to tell stories, bring clear objective truths, whatever you need to try to show someone reality they're currently ignoring. That's not always easy. Sometimes it means facing a raucous crowd like you did, Marina, that day. But it's not always like that. Sometimes it's just easy, like uh, simple conversations. Every day is different. But what we need is people who are willing to do it. And that's every one of us in this room, everyone who's listening to this. We all have no excuse but to do something for them. So if you're listening, please, we encourage you to do that. One thing you can do is come join us this summer for the Day of Action. You can go to createequal.org backslash day of action and find information for there. Also sign up for it. It's June 23, 24, coming up soon. There's still room, though. You can apply to come join us and um, hear everything you need to know, learn how to talk about abortion and then you actually get to experience outreach with marina me lexi esther um whatever all of our team come join us this summer and so um, we'll hope to see you there until then please also keep listening subscribe drop us a five-star review if you like what you're hearing and we'd also love to hear from you drop us a message on instagram we're at debrief with us or just go to createdequal.org you can find us there but until next time we are created equal and this has been the debrief